on this night, Sunday after Pentecost, the Gospel drops us into chapter 19 of St. Luke, which concludes chapter 19, the long journey from the north, from Galilee, from Capharnaum, all the way down south to Judah, to Judea, and to Jericho. It took about seven chapters in St. Luke to get down that far. Now our Lord makes the 30-mile ascent to the holy city, but he's going to enter Jerusalem from the east, from Bethany, from the Mount of Olives. And when we go to the Holy Land, as I hope we go one day soon, this will all make sense to me. There at Bethpage, he mounts the colt. The people spread their garments on the road. The followers wave victory branches. They acclaim him with messianic shouts, Hosanna to the son of David. And all this public outburst gets some of the Pharisees nervous. Master, can't you calm these people down? This is getting out of hand. And Jesus says, should I silence them? Why, even the stones would cry out to me, Hosanna to the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now, friends, if you want to understand this raucous procession that's coming down the Mount of Olives, put on your Old Testament glasses, and you'll understand it better. Because what's really going on here is a procession of a groom, of a what? Of a groom, soon to be husband, along with his gentlemen friends, the groomsmen, because they're all going to the house of the bride, the soon-to-be wife. This is the, the marriage procession where they go to pick her up. Now does it make sense to you? That's why he's going into the holy city, to meet his bride. But when he gets halfway down the hill, this is where the gospel today begins, he gets off the colt and takes his friends out to a little point on the eastern side, and he looks across the big Kedron Valley, the Kedron Valley that separated him from the holy city. He gets nostalgic. His eyes examine the outline of the holy city, the bulwarks, the walls. He sees the silhouette of the temple itself. And there, somewhat close to it, what's called the Golden Gate, through which the Messiah is said to enter into the holy city. He sees all this. And he begins to weep and lament 
as only a Hebrew man can lament. Coming up to him, one of his friends says, Master, why these tears? You should be happy. You're going to meet your bride, the one who was promised to you centuries before. Because doesn't the Old Testament call Israel and Jerusalem specifically the bride of God? Master, wipe away your tears. They're going to take the veil off her face soon and you'll see how beautiful Jerusalem is. I'll give you three reasons for his tears. He weeps because his beloved is in spiritual darkness. She's blind to the one who is approaching her and she's ignorant of what he wants to do for her. She doesn't recognize that her espoused is the bringer, the carrier of peace, peace. Did you see it in the text? If only you knew that peace was for you, but you didn't know. This husband is shalom itself. He is the father's gift that reconciles the world to himself. And she? She's blind. She's distracted. Even worse, Jerusalem is bent in on herself. Reminds me of something I saw the other day going down the Apple Highway. It could have been a man, but this happened to be a lady. All right, don't get mad at me. There she was in her car, going 60 miles an hour, trying to put on her makeup, trying to poof out her hair, talking on the phone. So was Jerusalem, distracted. She wasn't waiting for the groom who was coming to pick her up. He weeps for a second reason. Because he can see her coming devastation. Devastation. In less than 40 years. Think what short of a time 40 years is. <laughs> a man is born and within 40 years he's holding on his knees his first grandchild. That's what 40 years is. The blink of an eye. And within 40 years Holy Jerusalem, his bride, would be encircled by the Romans, laid siege for 24 months, strangled by starvation in the city. And then when the walls were breached, Jerusalem's children were dashed against the rocks. General Titus of Rome hauled away the temple treasury, booty for Rome in the year 70, and not one stone was left on another stone. 
Go home and look at YouTube today. See what the great city, the Christian city at one time, Mosul, Iraq, looked like. Look what it looked like after ISIS was finally rejected from it. It was almost sand in the desert. So it was Jerusalem. And Jesus wept. Third point. He weeps. Still today. The groom. Because his New Testament bride, the Catholic Church, is asleep at the wheel. Today the human element in the church, not her soul, who is the Holy Spirit, but the human element. We clergy, along with you the laity, we're no better than Jerusalem of old. His bride is largely asleep, daydreaming, distracted, pursuing business as usual, fulfilling the archdiocesan collection, la, la, la. The church's eyes have lost sight of the great pearl of great price. The unum necessarium, the one thing necessary, we've forgotten. And Jesus laments because he says to us, you didn't know the time of your visitation. Now I think we can apply that text to ourselves in a very interesting way. Two words for you. One is visitation. And you're already thinking of the second mystery, second joyful mystery. Very good. The visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth. How do you say visitation in Greek? Because that's what St. Luke wrote about. Episcope. Episcope. Epi, E-P-I, is an intensifier, strengthening whatever the other root of the verb is doing. Scopeo. Scopeo. What does scopeo mean? Scopeo means personal care with attention. Personal care with attention. Personal care with attention. Somebody has oversight. Somebody is looking into. Somebody is managing a situation with personal care and oversight. Personal care and attention. Do you hear that intimate connection? So this is the visit of the groom with personal care and attention to his beloved. That's what's behind the word visitation, a peaceful faith. Now what else does that remind you of? The word for bishop, episcopus, or episcopos. That's the way the bishop is to relate to his diocese, like a husband to his wife, with personal attention and care. 
overseeing whatever she needs, just like Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth, who was in such a difficult situation because of her old age. All right, that's one thing. Second thing, are you with me? Second thing is the word time. You miss the time of your visitation. Time. Greek has two ways to say time. One is chronos, and one is kairos. Chronos is the time that measures the passage of the sun in the sky and the hours of daylight. That's chronos. The other term for time, and it's the term that St. Luke uses here in Greek, is kairos. Jesus says, you missed the kairos of your episcopate. Kairos. What's kairos? Kairos is the now, this, this moment, that is full of possibilities. Possibilities that are either blessings or curses. That is either fullness or loss. Kairos. Full of opportunity. So, the kairos, you missed the kairos of the visitation, his personal care. That's what the text means, I think. And here's where it comes to us, and I finish. Our divine bridegroom has arranged for us this Sunday, Lord's Day, a sacramental episcopate. He's visiting us with personal care and attention in the Holy Sacrifice. He's passing by in hopes that we, his bride, the church, will recognize the kairos right now of this moment. And the question is, will we engage, engage with him? in this Eucharistic sacrifice? Will we connect with him? And will we respond with him to the Father? 